the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. It's so easy to get caught up in the drama and distractions of daily life that most people miss out on living happy, fulfilling lives. Today's guest, Tracy Webster, teaches how to experience life despite any challenge, obstacle, or roadblock. According to Tracy, it takes a daring, courageous person to break out of their comfort zone. Tracy is a best-selling author and entrepreneur. Her new book is We're Learning to Fly, A Story of True Forgiveness to Change the Past and Transform the Ugly into the Beautiful. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. It's really my pleasure to have you back on the show. You were here not too long ago with your husband, Steve. So it's nice for us to have an opportunity to speak one-on-one today. It is indeed. So in your book, it's not the things that happen to us that make us sad or stressed, you say, but our response to them. Can you explain that? Absolutely. Often um, information comes through, whether in Facebook posts or memes or whatever, and the the saying that we only have control over our response, we don't control anything outside of us, um, it made perfect sense. But only once I started to analyze and have a look at what that actually meant and, and start to embody it and practice it in principle, did I start to actually understand the power that it has and, and, and how it actually works. Um, we uh, we have everything within us that we need. We need nothing. So all we have to do actually is uncover that we have this inside. We have to recognize it. And um, when we don't do that, because it's it's a scary process to do that. It's a scary process to understand that we have everything that we need. Um, so we don't generally face our fears because we they they overwhelm us. So in order to, and and, and they cause us pain. And if we don't deal with them, in order to be able to live under such a a backward state, we project the cause of our problems outside of us. And when we do that, we give away our power to actually make a change because now we require something outside of us to um, change in order for us to feel better inside. Um, And only when we understand that it's, we have that power, and that power lies in how we respond to something. Are we able to then actually make a change and, 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 and bring about what it is that we want and not face what we don't want? 
so um, it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful when you re- actually recognize and, and embody that I actually can control what I see and what's going on around me and what's affecting me by how I respond to it. Because our reality is a reflection of what we choose to see. And that is the, one of the hardest things that it, uh, for me to understand. It, it took me a long time that we actually choose our perspective and therefore what we see, what we experience in this reality is based on a choice that we, we made of what to see. That really is so important. I can remember many years ago when my father was battling lung cancer and I had gone to get some uh, assistance from the the pastor of my, my church at the time. And, and I remember him saying to me to find the blessings in the situation. And, and I was actually very angry at him because I'm thinking to myself, my father's dying and you want me to find a blessing in this. But what you're saying is we always have that choice for what we want to see in any given situation, our perspective and and how we're going to view it really does impact the way we navigate change or trauma or, or whatever it is we're going through. Absolutely. And that's ex- you've just hit the nail on the head. Um, uh, all possibilities exist in any experience or any moment. All possibilities um, uh, um, exist because energy cannot be created or destroyed. So any, any possible way that is an experience can be experienced, it, it already exists out there in the field of infinite possibility. And so... Um, what we a skill that we need to develop is to find the good in any situation and the good in that situation is the perspective that makes you feel as close to gratitude as possible and then once you find that perspective focus only on that perspective it doesn't mean that the other possible ways to view it disappear they still exist because they're mm-hmm. just an energetic footprint so it's a it's a conscious decision that we make to go to to decide to pick the, the, the good perspective in any uh, given situation. So likewise, your pastor was totally correct. When you can find the blessing, you can feel gratitude. And feeling gratitude feels so much better and lifts us up than feeling sorrow or sadness or, 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 or anger or, or resentment or any other um, a perspective that we could choose. It re- and it really comes down to a choice. And when I realized that, um, it was so profound, but when I tried to explain it, it didn't. The words just didn't seem to convey how profound it is. Tracy, you say that in your forties, it became your mission to forgive, forget, and to let go, and that's really challenging for a lot of people who have been hurt by someone else. How are you able to go about doing that, and why was it so important to you? Last year, I had a very transformational year, and I had to check in every now and then to figure out that I was actually on the right path and I wasn't going through everything I was going through for no purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I um, regularly asked, what is this person that I'm really um, so um, uh, practicing to become? What what does this person look like on the outside? What does she do, et cetera? And um, I was um, abused by my father when I was younger. And when I asked this question, the answer that came back was, this, the, the person you're trying to be would probably have a relationship with her father. And I thought to myself, well, there you go. The voices in my head have used up all their wisdom. <laughs> I mm-hmm. need new voices. Because <laughs> I, absolutely, I absolutely decided that was not happening because right. there's just no way. 
Um, but that that thought kept persisting, and every time I checked in, who's this new person, and what does she look like? Uh, that's the answer that came. So eventually, I had to look at that, and I knew I couldn't approach him um, with anything but love, and so I had to find that perspective. And in order to find that perspective, obviously, I had to let go of everything that happened. And the only way that I could find to let go is to practice true forgiveness. And so I studied what forgiveness actually is. And I discovered um, that forgiveness, as we utilize it in this reality to um, uh, uh, forgive the bad that someone inflicted on us, didn't sit well with me because that didn't help me let go of the pain and the, and, 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 and everything that went with what I'd, I'd experienced. And the only way that I could let it go was to realize that this is an illusion, um, a thought and belief. And what helped that sink into my brain and become an aha where I could actually embody it and practice it was um, the, the story that my, my husband told me. Um, I think he calls it the parable of the lesser light, where if we're all souls and at a soul level, we, 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 we come to this earth to experience, let's say, I have to want to learn forgiveness and experience how to forgive. And another soul says to me, well, I will come down, to, I will come to this reality with you and I will inflict this pain on you. And you say to the, the other soul, but why would you lower yourself to such a, 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 a low vibration to, to, to come and do that? And the other soul says, because I love you. And when you can look at it from that perspective, then you can let go and you can forgive. But true forgiveness where you just have absolutely no strings attached to that any longer. And it was very empowering for me to look at it from that perspective. My dad didn't actually teach me true forgiveness. He taught me what is possible. Um, um, and my husband, who we still together, he has taught me what true forgiveness is. Our journey together has been, we describe it now as a combination of pure torture and absolute <laughs> bliss. <laughs> and, the, and that torture, we have put each other through such, such trials and, 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 and hardships. And in order to um, still be with him and still have the love and the connection, I absolutely had to see that everything that we went through had a purpose, had meaning. I had to find the meaning in it in order to find the gratitude. And when you can see why something had to happen because it got you to a point um, of, of closer to who you really are, to your higher self, and when you can recognize that something gets you there, then it's as beautiful as being there. And when you can see it in that light, um, you actually change the past. You change what occurred because the past is no longer uh, here. So what is it? It's, it's an illusion. And the future hasn't yet uh, arrived. So that's also an illusion. So the only moment in time that's actually real is this present moment. But we can still access the past. And we do that uh, through how the past made us feel. So we get in touch with the emotions of that past and the memory of it. But what we're in fact doing is just connecting to the energetic footprint of that memory. And if we can go and find the meaning of that memory and and then find the gratitude, what we're doing is we're changing the energetic footprint of that memory and quite literally changing the past so that now when we go back and have a look at the past, we no longer find stuff that brings us hurt and brings us um, all sorts of low-level emotions, but we find gratitude for it. And when I realized that I could change the past, I went and looked at everything I could find in my past 
they brought up any feelings of yuck and I went and found the meaning. And when you find the meaning of something that you had to go through, that's when you're able to let it go. And that's when you're able to change it. It's, 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 it's impact on you. And when you do that, it's, it frees you like you cannot believe. Well, most of us think that everything we experience in life is happening to us, but this is basically having us say it's happening for us rather than to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's such a simple statement, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. when you understand it, both intellectually and and emotionally, um, it's, it's golden because everything is happening for a purpose. There's a reason everything happened. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the reason is it's a lesson, and the lesson is to help you uh, get closer to your higher self. And and being your higher self um, embodies joy, happiness, gratitude, love. That That's who we are. Actually, that's who we are. And the more time we can spend in that state, the closer we are. And that is ultimately the purpose to life and the point to actually even being here is to absolutely find joy in everything, everything that happens. And that includes the good and the bad stuff. And if you can't find the joy and the beauty and the gratitude for the bad stuff, then you're missing the point to being here in the first place. Tracy, this past year has been challenging for many people financially. You and your husband, you experienced near bankruptcy at one point in your life. How were you able to turn that around and rebuild your life? What advice do you offer to people to rebuild their financial health? So, um, great question. <laughs> Thank you for asking it. Um, yes, we, we faced bankruptcy. Um, it was during COVID last year when our bank accounts reached below zero, and that happened before uh, for the first time in, in 20 years. And um, we didn't have an income and we didn't have any uh, prospects in the uh, in the pipeline and we didn't have um, um, a job, anything. So it was incredibly frightening and we panicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sold assets, etc., etc. And then we calmed down to a panic. We thought, hang on a second, we actually know how to create our reality. And if everything happens for a reason and when you look back, the past, uh, the, the, the reason for being able to look back at the past is to be able to connect the dark dots and find the meaning as to why every you went through that and if you can every time look back and find that meaning then you in the present moment can realize there has to be some meaning here and can't you find it in the present moment so we then realized we're actually brilliant creators we know how this works we put it into practice i'm proving to myself daily um um just how powerful i am and so we said, okay, we know how to create, let's do this. And we went back to the drawing board um, and how you create, how you change your life, how you bring about what you want is you um, live in the present moment because in the present moment, you only have access in the present moment to the field of infinite possibility. And I know I've gone off now into the woo-woo land and, and, <laughs> and probably lost a few people. So let me come back and just try and explain that in, in terms that helped me understand it. Um, I had to look at life here as a virtual reality game. In um, December, I received an Oculus headset. And when I put it on, I was blown away. I was transported into a completely new reality. If I looked up, down, left, right, backwards, forwards, there was a new environment. And it completely absorbed me. And I, and, and I got totally absorbed. And um, you, you actually even, you know, you learn to use your body and pick up things. And I realized that this reality is um, just like a virtual reality game. So we're in a game 
And if anything exists in the game, it must have a purpose. So then I started to have a look at what the purpose of judgment is, what the purpose of right and wrong, because they exist. So what is their purpose? So I started to figure out the purpose of everything and and the purpose of playing the game and the pur- how to win the game and what the one rule to playing the game is. And um, I, reali- I realized that in a game, Anything is possible because it's a game after all. So that's how I began to understand the, the, the field of infinite possibility. Everything is energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So where does all the energy exist? And it exists in the field of infinite possibility. We live in a 2D world where you have left and right. Add emotion and you get the third dimension, which is up and down because emotions can go up or they can go down. And then add time for your fourth dimension and you've got backwards and forwards, the past and the future. Add your fifth dimension and you've got energy. And it's a dimension we cannot see, touch or feel, um, um, but it exists nonetheless. And when you, in the field of infinite possibility, all energy exists. So you've got all the energy, energetic frequencies of the past or the past that you've experienced plus the past that you didn't experience um, and all the energetic frequencies of the future. Um, um, it, this is, so it exists, you as an astronaut, you as um, a, a, an actress, you as a, a pauper, you as a very rich person, etc. All of those possibilities exist. And the fact that you can think of the possibility means that it's not too far removed from you in energetic uh, terms. And when you understand that, and you can only access it from the level of the game called present moment, when you reach that level, um, a, a hidden drop-down menu comes, and you find the present moment, and you access the present moment, and then you have access to the field of infinite possibility. And how you bring the, the future possibility to you in the present moment is you get in touch with how you would feel in that moment if you had all the financial success that you're wanting can access that um the emotion the feeling because our feelings are an indicator of where we're vibrating so when you can access that feeling of who you are experiencing that reality of what you want so your full full financial success your relationship success whatever success you're wanting to manifest if you can experience the feeling of how you will feel and keep experiencing it you are then vibrating at the same level of that energetic footprint and you attract it to you in the current and present moment. And that's how we create our reality. And so when we were faced with, with bankruptcy, we then went back to the drawing board and did that. And every single day, all this work happens in the subconscious and there's only a few ways to access the subconscious. You have to bypass your analytical filter, your critical mind in order to get to your subconscious. And meditation is a very, very powerful way to do that. So we started daily meditation and, and, and visualization in order to get into the, the emotional state that we would feel if we had that reality now. And I, I started doing that with anything. My daughters had an argument and I, I wanted to have them be friends again, best friends. And I started to visualize that and understand how that would make me feel. And when you get into that feeling, that's when you create it. And it was a couple of months later, my daughter's getting married, we were out all together, all three of us buying dresses, and I realized that, hey, I created that. And the joy was, it's, it was so much even better than I could even have imagined it. Um, and, and that's how we bring um, the reality we want to experience to us in the present moment.
And that's what's so exciting about it, because there truly are infinite possibilities for all of us if we learn how to tap into it. The book is We're Learning to Fly, a story of true forgiveness to change the past and transform the ugly into the beautiful. If you'd like to get more information about Tracy and her work, you can visit steveandtracywebster.com. Tracy, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you for having me. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path, personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Lisa Luckett, a life coach, speaker, and CEO of Cosmina Enlightened Living, a brand of kindness. Lisa is the author of the book, The Light in 9-11, Shocked by Kindness, Healed by Love. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Joan. Thank you so much for having me. Lisa, today you and I are going to talk about why life happens for you and not to you. And I love this topic because so many of us become a victim of our circumstances because we think things are happening to us. We get stuck in that mindset. So how do we shift when we understand that experiences are for our higher good? What happens to us when we get that belief? Well, it's, it's my opinion that, that we become the student observer of our life. So it's about seeing why we're here. We have this misnomer that we're here to be happy all the time, when in fact, we're actually here to struggle. We're in the human experience to, to experience contrast. And that contrast, so the lessons don't come when it's easy, the lessons come when it's hard. And so with each struggle we're presented with, it's an opportunity for growth. If we choose to be in what is the victim posture of, oh, my gosh, this is happening to me, we're, in fact, on the back foot. We're, we're in the defensive posture, teetering on the edge. So, so it's a very vulnerable place, and, and it feels like there's no way out. If you can shift that one tiny prepositional word to and make it for, that life is happening for you, instead of saying, oh, my gosh, why did this happen to me? What am I going to do? You shift instead and say, wait a minute, why is this happening for me? What am I being shown? What am I supposed to learn? And you are able to now be in an offensive posture where you're leaning into the situation and feeling much more powerful and much more empowered in your experience. You and I, in other conversations, we've spoken about 
things that we've experienced in our life that brought us to that fork in the road where we could go in one direction and stay stuck, or we could use the experience to bring us to a, a really uh, potentially great place, which is what's happened for both of us. And I know in my life, it was by making the shift that you're talking about to try to find the blessing, to reframe my thought process, to see that there are blessings in disguise out of every situation that changed my life, that one thing that I did. Absolutely. To react and have pain and feel victimized. The choice is whether you want to stay there or not. And, you know, to your point in in other conversations where you got yourself up off the floor and you went forward because you just couldn't stand it anymore. Well, most of us can reach that place. But one of our issues today is in our society and our culture. There's no training. We're not being shown this by any leadership, uh, which is part of a much, much, much bigger story, which I would love to get into in depth as we go forward. But so the idea that it's okay to be a victim for a minute. It's okay to lick your wounds. It's okay to say, wow, this really stinks. But when we can take that next step and we literally pivot, we shift by 10 or 15 degrees and we say, wait a minute, what am I being shown here? What was my experience in this? What did I do? What was my part of bringing this together, bringing this on? There's always silver linings in any of our experiences if we choose to see them. And part of that is being able to say, why is this happening for me? Because if we're on the planet to struggle, then life is our classroom and the struggles are the lessons. That's how we are learning, and that's how ultimately we're all aiming for wisdom. We're all aiming to be better for having lived it. We're all aiming to, you know, live these, this 100-year experience and, you know, to a place, place of mastery. I was going to ask you, is there a strategy to help someone do this? But every time I, I was going to say these words, Lisa, I kept thinking, you know, what Nike said, just do it. If I were to say to you, how do we encourage someone to do this outside of saying, just do it? Is there, you know, are there some words of wisdom you can share? Well, what are you, what are you losing by shifting away from your victimization? That's really kind of the, the crux of this problem is that we get attention for being, being victims. We get people to do things for us. We, we get sympathy. We get what is, in fact, negative attention. But it, it speaks to a fact that, that maybe none of us really got enough attention as children. You know, that, that we need attention. We're not satisfied. We haven't been heard enough. So it, it's a part, that's part of the growing and the maturing and the wisdom aspect of learning from our experiences at any age. I mean, you can actually track this back and, and decide you're going to shift and do a little exercise and look at all of the experiences in your past and see what was graced in them, what was learned from them, where, where the silver linings were, the unbelievable, magnanimous aspect of the humanity that showed up for you, the people that loved you, the friendships that were there. That's always, that's always available in all of our experiences. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about this topic or Lisa and her work, you can visit lisaluckett.com. Or as always, to hear more from Lisa, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Lisa. We'll be right back. Do you believe that there can be a silver lining from tragedy and that blessings come in disguise? Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. Your attitude determines how you view a situation and how you move through it. A tragedy is defined as an event causing great suffering, destruction, and distress. We understand the meaning of those words. However, I believe that the important component is how we view the situation. What may be a tragedy to one person is nothing more than a bump in the road to another. 
While we can agree that events such as death, divorce, or job loss create less than desirable circumstances, each can be viewed and handled differently from one person to the next. The key is that person's outlook. There are people who see the glass half full in all situations and others who see it as half empty. We have a choice about how we view what occurs in our life and that choice determines how we will transition through a tragic experience. So what is the key to getting through a tragedy? First and foremost, we must recognize that we have a choice in the situation. When a tragedy occurs, often we believe that we are a victim of circumstance and that this will be our lot in life. We think that we will never recover. The key to moving on is to know that you have the power to change the situation. No matter how devastating a circumstance, you have the power to get through it. You are not a victim. The choice is yours. After my mother and sister died and my 23-year marriage ended all within a period of six months, I knew I was at a fork in my life. I could go one way and let the loss and pain defeat me. I could be a victim or I could go in a different direction and turn the pain into something positive, something with meaning. It was my choice. We all have that choice. Some people create a charity from the loss of a child. Others write books based on their experience, while others make necessary life changes, such as getting sober. Tragedy has the power to transform us, and it provides hidden blessings if we take the time to look for them. I think what is allowable is what you need. Initial hurt, sadness, grief are all normal emotions, and they should be felt. Never suppress your feelings. The problem occurs when you allow yourself to stay stuck, when you assume the role of victim. It's important to get help if you cannot get going by yourself. Read books or seek counsel that can help you get your head in the game. Reach out to friends and loved ones. Isolation can make the situation worse. Seek professional assistance if you're overwhelmed, depressed, or have suicidal thoughts. Remember, you're not alone and that you have a choice. It is absolutely okay to feel scared and lonely. Don't ever let someone make you feel less than because you're grieving or in pain. Everyone heals in their own time. There's no right or wrong way to grieve, and there's no timetable. A true friend would want to know what's going on in your life. It's never too much to tell someone you love that you're in trouble and need help. You should never be ashamed. There are blessings in every situation, but sometimes you have to look harder to find them. When my father was dying from cancer, while it was a horrible experience, it was also a gift because when I took him for treatment every day, I really got to know him. We talked and we laughed and we spent precious time together. I had to look for that gift, but now I treasure it. How we experience our life comes from how we view what we experience. As Dr. Wayne Dyer said, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Thanks for spending these minutes with me. For more inspiration and empowering tools, visit joanherman.com. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Albert Einstein said, There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle, the other is as though everything is a miracle. Today's guest, Christy Beam, learned that lesson after her 10 year old daughter was diagnosed with a rare incurable disease. Just when the family had lost hope, an accident occurred which led to miraculous events that baffled medical specialists, restored the family's faith, and inspired their community and now the world. Christy is the author of the book, Miracles from Heaven, A Little Girl, Her Journey to Heaven, and Her Amazing Story of Healing. Their story has been made into a major motion picture. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Christy, 
your story is so amazing. Every time I read it or see it, it makes me cry because I'm a believer that there are miracles around us every day. So tell us about your daughter, Anna. What happened that led to her diagnosis? Oh, goodness. Um, Annabelle was sick for four and a half years. And when she was about four years old, she started having what we called tummy troubles. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. She had um, a couple of major surgeries. We almost lost her. Um, she was very sick on 10 medications a day, taken several times throughout the day. Her pain level was a 10. Um, she lived on the sofa in a fetal position with a heating pad on her stomach. Just a very, very sick little girl. And um, then as time went on, um, Annabelle and I would fly back and forth to Boston to see a specialist. And um, eventually, Annabelle had shared with me that she was ready to die and wanted to go to heaven and live with Jesus where there's no more pain. And it was then that um, a miraculous event came into our life, and she had um, a tragic accident that turned out to be of the greatest miracles ever. And so, Christy, when you were going through all of that experience that you just described, and, and you watched your daughter in pain, and you really didn't feel like there was hope because before that you were you were a very faithful person so what was going on with your faith during that time and I asked this Christy because so many people when they're faced with these types of challenges their faith isn't as strong as it had been before so what did you experience um you know personally I didn't necessarily lose my faith but I did struggle I did have times of challenge where I did question God and ask him where where are you are you here are you seeing this are you with me um, I'm not feeling you near me um, so I did have those times where I kind of questioned and wondered and I think that that's okay I think that everybody goes through those times in their life and I think that that he knows that we're going to go through those challenges and um, so for me, it was um, just wondering and grasping to the thought that I'm not alone in this. You are in charge, right? Because I can't do this. So, Christy, you're going through this and, you know, basically you're accepting that this is the life that your daughter's going to have and, and your family is coming to terms with it. And then, as you said, you had that accident in the tree. She actually fell into the tree. How long was she there when they were trying to rescue her? She was um, entombed in the base of the tree for five hours, and it took the firefighters about three hours to get her out. Okay, so she's in the tree for that length of time. Mm -hmm. She fell down three stories, landed on her head, and yet there was no head injury, no broken bones, no bleeding, no internal injuries. Mm -hmm. What did the doctors tell you to describe that? You know, the whole entire time there was a helicopter on the premises with a doctor and a nurse, and they were telling me, as well as the paramedics that were on site, you know, we've never had anybody fall 30 feet and not suffer paralysis or broken bones. We want you to know what you're going to see when she gets out. We just want you to be prepared. Um, so, of course, I was just praying like crazy. Um, but they later, again, it was it was um, restated to me in the ER. They ran every test they possibly could. And um, one of the doctors actually said, Jesus must have been with that little girl in that tree because we have never had anybody fall 30 feet and not suffer paralysis or broken bones. So then she goes through this, and not only did she survive that, but all of the things that she was experiencing before the accident were miraculously gone. Right. Okay, then she tells you that she was told she would be healed. 
when she said that to you, what was going through the minds of you and your husband? Well, she didn't actually say that he told her she was going to be healed. Um, what he actually said to her was, um, when the firefighters get you out, there will be nothing wrong with you. So um, in real life, um, which is why I feel like the book Miracles from Heaven kind of chronicles the story in addition to the movie, and we talk about how she just shares um, that he said it not quite so obvious. And so that's why it didn't really click in our brains for a while, or for a short time, that she was totally healed. What's interesting about the story, Christy, every day in our life, as I said, I believe in miracles. And there are things that happen that I, I think we miss. And when you go back and you look at your story, because it's such a, a glaring example of of the power of God and the, and the power of faith and, and healing. And, and when you look at it and you piece together all those little things that we say, oh, what a coincidence. When you piece those all together, you really see this just this beautiful story that we all get to live every day if we allow it to happen. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. I feel like there are small miracles going on around us daily. And, you know, during my struggle, I tell people that I had my head down, just pushing through, putting one foot in front of the other, just trying to get through the day. But whenever I had an opportunity to reflect back, there were so many things going on and um, that I was not in control of. And the entire time God had his hand over everything. And there were so many small miracles that he was orchestrating that I feel like had I looked up back then, I would have noticed and that would have given me the hope that I needed to propel me forward. In an interview, I saw you share the story of why you even wrote this book. Would you share that with our listeners? Well, you know, God laid it on my heart to write the book, Miracles from Heaven, and I audibly said, no, God, I'm, I don't do that. I'm not a writer. Um, and then a friend met me for lunch and I had told no one about him laying it on my heart, and she sat down, and one of the first things she said was, um, God has laid it on my heart. You need to write a book about Annabelle's journey, and I was floored. Mm -hmm. um, then we met about a month later, and I had done nothing about the urging, and um, she sat down and said, you know, Christy, it's not a matter of if you're going to write it. It's a matter of when. God wants to know when are you going to get started. And literally that day, I went out and bought a laptop and started writing. Mm -hmm. Christy, what is it that you want everyone to know? You know, I want everyone to know that there are still miracles that go on around you daily, that the, the movie Miracles from Heaven is just a, a book, uh, I mean, a movie um, that encourages and gives hope and inspires you to see those small miracles around you and see how easy it is to see those small things going on around you. What did it feel like when they told you that your book was going to become a movie? You know, I was not sure about it, to be quite honest. It was a little scary. and um, But then I had an amazing conversation with Devon Franklin, mm -hmm. and um, his heart kind of mirrored my heart, and his desire mirrored my desire, and I knew then that um, it was going to be great. The book is Miracles from Heaven, A Little Girl, Her Journey to Heaven, and her amazing story of healing by Christy Beam. If you would like to get more information about the book, about Christy and her work, you can visit ChristyBeam.com. Christy, in our final moments, tell us a little bit about your work now. Um, I am just 
enjoying the opportunity to to spread our message, to spread our story, um, to speak to people, and to encourage them to look around them and to press forward with hope. Um, one of the greatest things that Annabelle shared was that um, God has a plan for everyone. Um, and she says, you know, we weren't just made for fun. We were made for a purpose. And I just encourage people to push forward and know that, that there is someone in control. And if you don't feel like you are, then that's good, because someone else who has a bigger plan is. Christy, thank you so much for being here with us. As I said in the beginning, every time I watch the story, I cry. It is such a beautiful story, because as a mother, I can feel what you felt when you were going through that pain, and then to just see those miracles, I get goosebumps. So if you are looking to be inspired and to just see the miracles of life, I I highly recommend that you check out Miracles from Heaven. And Christy, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you considered what would happen to your family if you suddenly suffered an injury or sickness while in your retirement years? Would your current coverage, Medicare or Medicaid be enough? Hi, my name is Kate Toby, financial services professional with the Fortis Agency. I'm here to share a few tips on the importance of long-term care coverage. Many people do not realize how quickly their savings and assets can spend down to help cover medical and at-home care expenses in retirement. You spend your whole life building your wealth, all to see it suddenly spend down in a few years to get you the care you really need. Long-term care insurance can be used to help pay those monthly bills from hospitals, at-home aid, or assisted living facilities so you do not have to pay entirely out of pocket. Check with your advisor to see if your current coverage is enough and learn how you can fund this type of insurance policy. For more information on long-term care options, send me an email at ktoby at thefortisagency.com. The writer Lauren Miracle said, if everyone started off the day singing, just think how happy they'd be. I agree. Singing makes you happy, and it also promotes health. Hi, I'm Allison Ayati, musician, sound therapist, and the owner of Awaken Sound Health, a meditation and sound healing studio located in Chester, New Jersey. Singing releases endorphins, which makes you feel happy. Singing also boosts your immune system. Research done at the University of Frankfurt confirmed that after one hour of singing, professional singers had significant increases in the antibody immunoglobulin A in their bloodstream. So if you want to be happy and healthy, consider starting your day by cranking up the radio and singing along. How great is it to learn that the voice you were born with can powerfully boost your immunity when you sing? And you don't even have to sound good while doing it. There is an organ in your ear called the sacculus, which engages when you sing. No matter what you sound like, it produces a sense of pleasure. Sing often and for as long as you like. It is an act of joy, an act of empowerment, and an act of self-care and love. To learn more about sound therapy or to book an appointment, go to awakensoundhealth.com. Sound therapy is not a replacement for medical or psychological intervention. today is Eileen Lashinsky, the founder and creator of Fine Body Freedom, a program developed for women who want to change their relationship with their bodies. For over three decades, Eileen battled with her own issues with body image, 
weight, and her relationship with food. After trying every diet on the market, she realized that the answers to her struggles were right inside her body. Since then, Eileen has been working with women to guide them to discover their own innate body wisdom and to find body freedom. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Joan. I love being here. Well, I love having you, and I'm excited about today's topic because the work you've been doing for so many years has really changed the lives of many, many women. You recently published a book, Reflections of a Fat Girl, Wisdom Lost and Found from Growing Up Overweight. And as I said, you've been working with women for years, helping them discover their body's wisdom. How did you come to learn all that you're teaching? Um, I I think that's a wonderful question, and um, I can't give you a total history of that because it would take too long. But I am going to cut to the chase here and say I lived the struggle over and over and over again until I started to tap into And I didn't know I was doing this, Joan, but tap into my inner wisdom where I allowed my body to speak to me. And it was speaking to me. And there was one pivotal moment, an epiphany, an aha, that really solidified what my body was trying to tell me and trying to tell me for a long time. But I was too involved in trying to change my body and in trying to, uh, what, manipulate my relationship with food. But finally, I got it. Well, that's what's so important about this conversation, Arlene, because so many of us spend our entire lives yo-yo dieting. You know, we lose the weight, we gain the weight, we lose the weight, we gain the weight. And it really is a vicious cycle. But you've been able to maintain a healthy weight for all of these years. So can you share with us a little bit more about how you broke that dieting cycle. So I broke the dieting cycle because I was able to experience, I was able to experience how miserable I was. I was able to let my sadness in, my discomfort in, um, all of the uncomfortable feelings about It wasn't, and it was yo-yo dieting, but it was much more than yo-yo dieting. It was trying to fit into the cultural, uh, culturally appropriate container of what's uh, attractive. And I couldn't do it. Well, I could do it, but Mm -hmm. it would never last. And I was miserable. So when I started really to pay attention to I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. That's when things started to shift, Joan. So, Eileen, what is the takeaway message then for someone who's listening to you right now who is saying, I, too, cannot live or sustain that image of who I'm supposed to be? What do you say to that woman? I say to that woman that each of us has to discover who we are, not just the body we're in, although that's very much a part of it. What body type do I have? That where is my weight comfortable? What is my body trying to say to me about the foods that I eat? So it's all of that, but it's also about the who am I part 
who am I regarding how do I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life with these struggles? Or do I want to live in harmony with my body, with my relationship with food, with my weight, with myself, Joan? And I help women do that. And not abandoning, oh, by the way, healthy eating and appropriate amounts of exercise, because that's not what I'm talking. I do not have a laissez-faire attitude about those things that are very important to our health. But I don't think we can fight who we actually are. And that's in part anyway, a large part of what I help women to learn. Eileen, listening to you, I keep thinking that, and and I've done this in my own life, and I probably continue to do it, that it, it seems like we do it backwards. We try to fix the way we look, thinking that that will change the way we feel about ourselves. But really, we need to start on the inside and work our way out. Well, okay, do you want to join me in this crusade? Because that's exactly it, Joan. And most of us buy into messages that we receive, not just from advertisements, etc., but also from uh, family and friends. I know I got those messages from a very early age. By the time I was five years old, I knew I didn't fit in because I was, I'm putting this in quotation marks now, fat. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn to be me. And the me that I was then was in part due to uh, sneak eating, emotional overeating. And when I really looked at me and how I wanted a healthy relationship with me and with my body, I learned how to tap into the innate wisdom of my body, which was going to tell me how to eat and how much to exercise, and all of those things about self-care, including sleep and hydration, and all of those things that keep us healthy, not just about weight, and not just about how we look on the outside, how we feel on the inside. Some would argue I would be one of those people is more important. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Fine Body Freedom, you can visit Eileen's website, finebodyfreedom.com, or you can listen to some of our previous conversations by visiting our website, cyacyl.com slash Eileen. Less than 2% of America's population volunteers to defend our nation. Though we rarely see them, we live the benefits of these heroes' sacrifices and the freedom we know and the safety we feel. Each and every day, the Gary Sinise Foundation serves our nation by honoring our defenders, veterans, first responders, and their families. We do this by creating and supporting unique programs designed to entertain, educate, inspire, strengthen, and build communities. The Gary Sinise Foundation has grown because the need has never been greater. Together, we'll improve the lives of thousands of American heroes and their families day in, day out, all year long. While we can never do enough to show our gratitude to our nation's defenders, our veterans, our first responders, and the families who stand by them, we can always do a little more. 
Join us. Visit GarySiniseFoundation.org. joining us, I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.